every single human on this planet, what we are in our, in our um, truest form is just pure love, right? And if we can just come back to that vibration of love and gratitude at the end of the day, um, then we're coming back to our truth. So anything like imposter syndrome, fear, scares, and all of these other um, lower vibrational thoughts and energies that are coming through, really just coming back to yourself with compassion and being like, oh, you know, imposter syndrome's coming through right now for to protect me, maybe, but I love myself through this process anyway, and this is just part of the process to get to this higher timeline, to get to this higher version of myself. Welcome to Entrepreneur Struggle, where each week we talk to founders and freelancers about their journey creating and scaling up their business. My name is Chris Colbert, and I'm the founder and CEO of the media company DCP Entertainment, as well as the video and podcast recording space, Podstream Studios Times Square. These conversations have been recorded with a live audience on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and we've brought you the best moments from our conversation, discussing the various struggles that founders have had to face. If you'd like to be part of the live conversations where we allow the audience to participate, please follow me on Instagram at Chris Colbert Report. In this conversation, I'm talking to Kim Roach, an abundance coach, spiritual transformation mentor, breathwork and meditation facilitator, and the founder of the Kim Roach Collective and Collective Getaway. We talk about how she maintains healthy boundaries, how she uses her own experiences to help her clients, and the importance of spirituality for business success. So I definitely had a very unique upbringing. I grew up all over the world. My father was a military man, and then he joined the State Department, so he's a diplomat. Um, So every two to three years, I moved to another country growing up. So I had um, really a privilege to witness the world and the way that people can um, really live their lives in such different ways and get to observe all these different types of cultures and these different styles of living and um, really see the world at a very young age. I was also exposed to a lot of different um, cultures, religions, foods, everything, and um, was able to really soak that up. And I I always say it's like everyone is programmed to be a specific way due to their um, upbringing or the cultures that they're around, their parents. And, um, you know, growing up with my father as a military man, as a diplomat, um, he really programmed into me kind of what uh, he expected a career to really look like, right? And um, what his ex- expectations of that was. And and that was the very basic nine to five, go to college, get get the nine to five, corporate forever type of life. And, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's I what I had programmed into me that if I didn't do that, I would basically fail. So um, after I graduated college, I, I traveled a little bit more. I went to South Africa, I went to Australia, I backpacked Southeast Asia um, for about two years until I ran out of money. <laughs> and then I was like, I think it's time for that me. Happen. Yeah, that'll happen. And then I figured it was time for me to come back to the States and, and really, you know, start my career and, and do the whole nine to five thing. And um, so I went to New York and I got a corporate role in the office um, in pharmaceutical recruitment, which is, you know, nothing I would have ever expected because I don't know anything even to this day really about pharmaceuticals. I don't, it just kind of fell into my lap <laughs> and it was just really unaligned. And and I really did the thing for 
I don't know, just over two years. Um, but what had happened was I, I fully cracked. I knew that this wasn't in alignment for me in terms of the, the type of job that I was working, the industry that I was working. Um, just, yeah, nothing was in alignment. And I was consistently stressed all of the time. My body would get out in such different ways. Um, and um so I decided to quit, <laughs> quit that job and, and then, um, um, you know, go back to bartending for a little bit. Uh, and then eventually I decided to just leave New York as a whole and come to Los Angeles. And that's where I really started my own business and started to um, um, freelance and started to to create my own business, uh, which is Kim Roach Collective. And um, what it really started with was because I traveled so much growing up, I always thought that uh, I wanted to hold retreats and things like that. So when I came to LA, I was new here. I didn't know that many people. And so I decided to make like little mini getaway retreats for friends and friends of friends so that we could travel across California because there's so much to see in California. Um, And then you know, meet more people. So I started holding these like little getaways, which turned out to just be for friends and friends of friends. Um, but people love them. And then I decided to turn it more into a business. So yeah, when I moved to LA, that's when everything changed for me, because I, I really just wanted to step into my power here. I, I felt like when I moved from New York to LA, a big reason why was because to me, LA seemed like the place where so many people were chasing their dreams in a way. And not to say that people in New York weren't doing that. It just wasn't as prominent to me. And I was in a place in New York where I felt really stuck, um, really stuck in, in so many different ways in my career and just like in my life in general that I needed to get out. So yeah, when I moved to LA, I, I you know, started doing these little mini getaway retreats and then um and then when everything really started to change when COVID hit. So when COVID hit, um, for me, um, I, I was still in my nine to five at that point, but I wasn't really working that much because uh, we were like, I, I was a recruiter in my nine to five and we were in a hiring freeze. So I had a lot of spare time. And so what I did was I, I used that time to really start chasing the things that I've always wanted to chase. Um, I I bought myself a set of crystal bowls, which is what the whole sound healing thing comes from, which I'll, I can kind of get into. Um, but I bought myself a set of crystal bowls and taught myself how to play all of these healing instruments. Um, I also got a certification in, in breathwork and meditation facilitation. And um, over the duration of like one year, I was really just like honing in on my, on my skills within both the sound healing, the breathwork meditation, all of that. And then when the world started to open up a little bit more, I started offering those to the public and, and getting paid for those. And then I also, with the retreats that I had mentioned earlier, they kind of put the, put it all on pause during COVID because the world was closed. But right when things started opening up again, I decided to make that um, a little bit more of a, a, ret- a formal retreat rather than just like friends and friends of friends. And um, 
and yeah, things just started to boom. Um, people were coming to my sound baths. I was selling out every single time. The customers that were funneling through my sound baths wanted to go on my retreats. So that's when I started Collective Getaway. Um, and really the idea between Collective Getaway is just like a quick getaway from LA to go to Joshua Tree or somewhere else immersed in nature where we could be um, just women getting together to really explore our spiritual spirituality and do um, a lot of healing modalities to do meditation, to do breath work, to be immersed in nature and just kind of disconnect really from from our day to day lives. So, so yeah, sorry, I just went through a little <laughs> rampage, but that's kind of a, a overall arching story of my upbringing and background. Oh yeah, no, no apologies necessary. I asked, I, and honestly, you know, you had mentioned the the sound healing, and I know in reading the work that you do, I read about sound baths, and right before the pandemic started, it just happened that I was kind of going through more of a spiritual exploration. I guess you know, I was trying things like Reiki. I was you know doing more meditation for myself, trying to do more yoga, doing more reading around spirituality. So I was kind of going down this path. But even when I was going down that, I never heard about sound baths. And so when I was reading it, I'm like, oh, okay, I love baths. I love music. Can I can I do that together? That's a, a healing thing. And then looking at the pictures, I realized it is not what I was imagining uh, in terms of you know just playing music in my shower, or music in my bathtub, Epsom soaking. But yeah, tell us a little bit about what sound healing is, what those sound baths are. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because I was never a musician growing up. I was never like, you know, as, as much as I wanted to learn how to play instruments, I was never someone who did that growing up. So I never thought that sound baths and sound healing were something that I would step into. But like I said, I just bought myself a set of crystal bowls during COVID and really started to teach myself how to play them. And eventually I went to a training. But the whole idea between of sound baths are that the instruments are healing instruments and um it's a form of meditation that when people come it's a passive meditation and the frequencies of the healing instruments will literally bathe them so that's why it's called a sound bath so you're just getting bathed in these different frequencies and each instrument has its own healing modality so um the crystal bowls for example each each bowl is tuned to a different chakra and the idea is that um, if you are, quote unquote, out of tune energetically, that the, this will help you get back into uh, back into alignment and back into tune um, on an energetic sense, but also on a, a physical sense, because on a molecular level, you know, we we are mainly water and this what the sa sounds are doing are they're like almost like vibrating within you, right? On a molecular level. So it can even feel like a little mini massage inside of your body that's happening when the when the frequencies are so loud. Got it. And, you know, speaking of healing and, and just kind of feeling energy, as you were talking about your journey that has led you to now and living in LA, like you talked about that time in New York and part of it was the job you're working, but it also sounded like it was the energy that was there in New York, just the the lifestyle that you were leading. And you've traveled all around the world. I think, you know, over 30 countries you've been to now at this point. How can like a change of scenery change your mind state? You know, how can that energy change just by moving your location? Yeah. And I, I, I'm glad you asked that because I grew up so many places. I feel like every single town and city I've lived in is like a different chapter of my life. Um, and so I really think there is something powerful about the energy of the city that you're in. Um, there's even an astrology map that you can look up and I can even send you a website where, oh, <laughs> yeah, where it shows you like 
where in the world um, certain planets aligned when you were born, right? So um, maybe your Venus is in is in LA, for example, mine is. So if you go to different places that are an energetic match to you in terms of your astrology, there's like big energetic shifts that happen there. So um, not to say that I make all my moves based on this on this astrology map, but it's just some, something interesting to look into. But I do believe that every single city has a different has a different energy to it and a different opportunity to it. So to me, New York was a really expansive place for um, you know meeting a lot of people and just like it, it's fun. New York was a lot of fun, especially in your early twenties. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but LA to me was more so expansive in my own business and career, whereas New York was more expansive in a way of like trying new things out, I guess you could say. Um, and LA was just a lot more honed in and focused on what I really wanted to create out of my life. No, that makes sense. And, you know, I normally live in New York, though, right now, as you can see with my baby crib backdrop, uh, this is not my normal setup for those of you watching entrepreneurs struggle for the first time. Uh, but I'm vacationing in Jacksonville, but normally I'm in New York. And to your point, like New York has some great energy, especially when it comes to meeting people, networking, like it can be great for that, but it can be emotionally and like mentally exhausting. Just the day-to-day -day grind, how many people there are, how many functions are always going on, feeling like you just have to be doing everything. So I totally get what you're saying and partially why I'm hiding out in Jacksonville right now. Even I need to take a break from that kind of energy sometimes. It's it's too much fun. <laughs> it's, it's too, yeah, New York is aggressive, but in, in a good way. Like I love visiting. I just, my my body couldn't do it anymore. I, I just needed more space. Um, and that's something about LA, at least like California as a whole, to me felt like it had more space, even though LA is still a big city. It's not as like condensed, right, as New York. LA is very, very spread out. And there's even more space in that um, energetically as well. Uh, and I just needed that for my body. I needed to breathe a little bit. And New York, it was like, it was too much fun. <laughs> well, and you you mentioned too how things were in New York kind of manifesting in your body. But I know even recently, you know, I you know, in doing research, I, I stalk everybody who who comes on the show. And I was going through your Instagram stories yesterday, and actually, I'm sorry, two days ago, and you had posted something about just how you know, your cup feels empty. And it's just, you know, things are starting to manifest in you. And so you need a break, you need some time away. And it's interesting to hear you say that because you think about someone who's doing spiritual work, you're just like, Oh, they're just always full, you know, their cup is always full, because this is their job, they, you know, but at the same time, you're giving so much. Um, and you are running businesses, multiple businesses, and a new one on top of that. Can you talk a little bit, about, I guess, where you are right now and just that particular post about feeling like your cup is, cup is empty and like, what does that mean to you? And how do you refill your cup, especially because some of those healing things that most people use are actually part of your job. So maybe it's tough to use those, you know, healing tools that you use for others for yourself, because that brings you back to work. I just gave you a lot of things to answer. But uh, yeah, what, I guess, yeah, what is manifesting in you right now? And, and how are you healing from it? Yeah, so um, I think right now, it, 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 it's interesting because the last, this whole year, 2022, is going in a totally different direction than I would have ever imagined. Um, it feels like everything is moving at warp speed, um, not only for myself, but just like 
for the collective as a whole, like everyone I'm speaking to has so much on their plates and they're, um, you know, after two years of COVID, things are opening up and opening up really, really fast. And what I've noticed for me as a business owner is that um, my business is also expanding in a really amazing way. I'm getting new clients to work with on my one-on-one coaching. I'm getting new opportunities to collaborate with other brands. I'm, um, you know, just did a lot of sound baths. I'm, I'm doing an amazing job. I think my business is doing great. But with that said, um, balancing that with some of the freelance stuff that I'm working on, um, and just being go, go, go every single day, literally this whole year, I guess we're, we're basically in May now, right? So five months in, um, basically half the year is already done. Um, moving so quickly, um, on top of just the business stuff, also the personal stuff, traveling, people are having weddings, people are, um, yeah, there's just a lot of, a lot of movement. And for me personally, my my body told me to it's time to chill out <laughs> it, it's really time you cannot be overdrive 24 7 every single day because i work the weekends i work i work every single day right weekdays weekends i i have things going on and with that said there's no time for rest for me um and i think what it what happens is that if my body can't catch up with this movement then it's just going to stop completely, right? And that's what happened to me this week. I'm still kind of recovering right now, but um, your body, I know that your body really does become addicted to um, the patterns that we repeat every single day. Your body becomes addicted to uh, stress and the cortisol and all of the stuff that that the chemicals that it releases when it's in these patterns. So I think my body became addicted to this like um, fast pace, fast pace, fast pace, and then eventually it couldn't do it anymore. So it just stopped completely, and now it just like you know the way that it manifests into your physical body is um, from an energetic slow down into the physical is like, you'll get sick, medical issues will come up. And that's all of that has been coming up for me because it's my body's way of telling me to slow down because clearly I can't slow myself down um, energetically. So my body has to do it for me kind of thing. Yeah. They say if you, <clears throat> yeah, if you don't slow down and, and take care of your body, your body's going to you know force you to. And I know, you know, you were kind of talking about just kind of how you were just going, going, going and kind of trained your body I think about it sometimes as like almost being on autopilot. Like I've definitely put myself in this mode of, okay, all these things have to get done. So it's okay that I'm not sleeping or doing this. You just, I'm focused on the mission. And I'm actually even afraid to take a step back sometimes because I'm, you know, if I look and analyze everything, I'm not gonna be able to do anything. I'm gonna be paralyzed or I'm gonna feel that tiredness set in and now I'm gonna have to rest, but I don't have time to rest. But to your point, if you don't take that time to rest, you're gonna end up being forced into taking a rest. You're gonna end up, you know, luckily for me, I don't get sick all the time, but for me, I get little injuries in my neck, my back, my hips, my knees. That's where it manifests for me. But for others, like you said, maybe they get sick, they'll get the flu or, you know, something else. And so it's more, you know, it's definitely important to make sure that you're working on your day to day self care. So you don't end up in a situation where now you're forced to have to take some time off. Exactly. And then when you're forced to take time off due to your body, it's also then it's it's 
then how do you show up for your business, right? Just because you, you, you can't show up for your business and your clients. For me, I work with other humans, right? A lot of my work is client work, show up on face to face. Like I have to, I'm, I'm someone who holds space. So like as someone who's an entrepreneur in the spiritual space, what I do is literally just hold space for others through their journey and helping assist them in that journey. But if I'm not in a place physically, mentally, um, emotionally, energetically to hold that space, then I cannot show up for other people to hold that space for that if I can't even do it for myself. Right. So it's like, um, it's, it's interesting to, it's really also, I think like this, um, balance of like the feminine and the masculine in a way too right it's like okay feminine you want to you want to be in flow state and you want to just like be doing all of these things and and do what feels right to you feels good to you but um and the masculine side of it being um so structured I guess you can say as well that if one of them is not in balance with each other then yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna crumble. Um, So yeah, I think the biggest learning that I've gotten from this period of my body, um, because I usually don't get very sick either. It's once maybe once a year, I'll get sick, and I'm going through it right now. Um, (laughs) But you know, the lesson is that I have to hold the space for myself too before holding the space for others. And holding the space for myself is just making sure I'm balanced on an energetic as well as physical level a masculine and feminine level balanced in, in, in all areas. Otherwise, like it's, it's going to crumble. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of, and this is maybe a made up word, but like a lot of empathicness to what you do. Like you really have to be an empath to do a lot of the work that you do. So is there ways that you have to set up boundaries for yourself in the work that you do with your clients, with, you know, other partners to save space for yourself while you're also helping others do what they're going through? Yes, absolutely. And I think um, for me, it's it's really just the boundaries of taking care of my calendar, right? It's like um, also boundaries of of making sure that I'm doing calls when it feels right to me, right? So I'm not going to be talking to any clients at like 7pm if you know, I'm tired from the day or whatever, you know, just like, what days of the time of what times of the day feel right for me to work and do this work and then um, do those types of client calls during those times. And what days do I feel that I need to have no events, no calls or anything like that, where I can focus on other things like my social media or, um, uh, my website or, um, yeah, really just balancing the calendar to make sure it feels right for me to flow. So certain days and certain times to do calls versus certain days and certain times to do the other administrative stuff for my business is really part of setting those boundaries. That's good. And, and, and I'm sure maintaining those boundaries, you know, it can probably be easy to, I know, speaking from experience, it's easy to backslide and make one exception. And next thing you know, you've made an exception for everybody. So yeah, you got to maintain those boundaries once you set them and also reevaluate because, you know, we're always changing and we're in different modes at different times of life. So yeah, reevaluating where we are and how we can set up those boundaries to benefit us and benefit our company. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. 
you know, we were touching earlier on the fact that you traveled a lot, you know, growing up and even now in the work that you do, it you know, seems like you still get a lot of travel, um, probably also in your personal life. But having had such experiences in so many different countries and with so many different cultures, has that shaped how you even look at work life? And you kind of touched on it before that you were kind of raised, you know, through your family of having to do work as a nine to five kind of situation. But were you able to kind of watch how other people moved around in different countries and kind of took lessons for yourself of what work could be and what work-life balance means to you now, just based on what you were able to see from all these different cultures? Yeah, um, I love that you asked this question because it's, it's, I think still it comes back to the programming, like what was my programming and mine in particular from my family aspect was the nine to five, very um, structured uh, type of way, American dream, <laughs> so to call it. Um, but but what I was witnessing, which my, I don't think my father really grasped when he moved us around so much that this would happen to me, um, was he had a very specific programming, of course, and understanding that this comes from an ancestral lineage as well. Like, oh, well, well, how was your grandfather programmed and how were your parents programmed and how were, you know, and it, how does it come down to you? Um, but because I got to move around so much while he was at work, because um, I was raised by a single father, while he was at work, I got to explore so much more of the countries that we were living in and, um, you know, hang out with like, yeah, really amazing groups of people and, and see so much more than I think that he knows that I was able to see and experience. So, um, I know for a fact, like <laughs> that you can be successful in so many different ways and, and, um, but I think for me still, it was very hard to to let go of the programming that he gave on he that he gave me. Um, I'm it's still something I'm struggling with, right? It's like these limiting beliefs of like, well, I believe that I can only be successful if I work really hard, or I believe I can be successful if. Um, if I work these specific hours of the day, or I believe I can be successful if, if X, Y, Z. So I think it's really a matter of just letting go of those programs, which is, it, which is the part that is complicated because it comes down to way more than just like, okay, well, I, I've seen it culturally because I saw all of these things growing up um, from other people, but still deep in my core, as in my inner child, it was programmed a specific way. And those are the limiting beliefs that we have to let go of. And to go down to the core root of that is a lot easier said than done, right? It's like almost re rewriting your story completely. Um, and that in itself has been a challenge for me. And it usually is a challenge for a lot of people because the limiting beliefs and, and programs are, um, it's it's a process of reprogramming the subconscious to um, to let that manifest into a different way of reality today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and with the work that you do too, like you know, it being so you know mission driven in terms of helping people and helping them get to where they need to be and healing. Has it been tough? Like, I know you were talking about your journey. It started with helping friends. And then it was like, oh, all these other people want these lessons. But was it still tough to turn this into a business? Like, okay, I'm going to make money from this. And now I have to run this as something where I need to make money on a consistent basis to keep this going. But again, the ultimate mission is to help people. Like, has there been any kind of, you know, toughness with trying to do this as a business? Yeah. So 
I think for me, um, my human design, and if you don't know what human designs are, it's another kind of astrology type of thing. My human design is I'm a, I'm a generator. And what generators do is they, they, they are the best when they are working on something that lights their soul on fire kind of thing. Like they, if they're, if it's not in alignment, then they're not going to be able to work on that specific project. So for me, I love teaching these practices and help holding space for others through these different spiritual practices because it, it is these practices that changed my life. Um, and the reason why I turned into a business is because, it, I mean, a lot of reasons, but yeah, like I just said, it, they, these are the practices that changed my life. And I, I feel that they can also change a lot of other people's lives if they really commit to it. But I also know as a coach, as someone who holds the space that I am just here to hold the space. Like it is not my responsibility to change you. I can help teach you the practices, but at the, ultimately it is your responsibility to change your life, your own life. It is your responsibility to take the action that you need to do. So knowing that you know, and even being very straightforward with my clients about that, you know, right off the bat that I'm not, I'm not a healer. Everyone is their own healer. There's no one out there that's like, can be the healer of the world. You are your own healer. And once you understand that and know that it's like, okay, are you willing and ready to take the action? So I think for me, it hasn't been complicated as someone who holds the space because I know that that's what my business is. I'm someone who holds the space and I'm here to help you with the practices that also change my life because I know that they can work in changing yours too. But ultimately it is you who has to take the action and embody those changes. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah, we all have our journeys, we all have the the kind of, you know, a lot of a lot of times it's timing for people too, and just, you know, what they're going through at a certain time. So like you said, it just, you give them the tools, it sounds like, and then it's on them to enact, you know, enact them in their lives and stay consistent with them. And, you know, in spirituality, a lot of the work that you're doing, do you think that there's a specific benefit for folks in their business life? Because I think, well, at least when I usually think about spirituality, when I think about healing work, I'm thinking more about my personal life. I don't necessarily always think about the benefits that it could have for me in my my work life. You know, are there certain things in the work that you do that you you think has a benefit for your clients on the work side too? Yeah, I mean, I think a hundred percent. I think the I mean, spirituality is such a big umbrella term, right? But with your with when it comes to spirituality and work and business, there's so much about um, again how your subconscious was programmed around maybe money. So is your wealth consciousness at a space where you're in abundance or are you coming from a lack mentality, right? And if you're in abundance, well, then how can that relate back to your business? So I think it's really just a mindset shift around um, coming from lack into abundance and then shifting that into the business too. Because and you can talk about even quantum timelines, you can tell you I mean, you can talk about a lot of different things and how that goes into business. But I absolutely think that, yeah, spirituality and business have a direct connection because once you shift your subconscious into um, a place where you know that you are the creator and a place that you know that you you are in a you have infinite possibility. And once you know that for a fact, like without a question, then anything can manifest, whether that's business, houses, money, whatever it is that you are want to call in. 
it will come to fruition because it's in your deep belief into your subconscious. I believe everything is a reflection of your subconscious beliefs. And once you're reprogrammed in the subconscious beliefs, then that's going to be what's reflected back into your 3D reality. And that could go into your business as well. So um, my partner is also a CEO of his own business, and he has seen major shifts once he started meditating on a daily basis, started hitting the frequencies, hitting the timelines of um, of a higher vision for himself, as well as myself. Like my business only grew because I do these practices every single day. Um, so I'm expanding. And if I'm expanding, my business is expanding. So yeah, I, I believe it does does relate. Yeah, it's all connected together. And, you know, you've talked a bit about, you know, too, with the work that you do with these other individuals, a lot of it you do because of the benefits it's had on your own life. And I know that you've, you know, taught some classes, master classes on imposter syndrome. So I then have to ask, like, have you found yourself in that imposter syndrome situation as well? And then, you know, how do you push through that? And I don't want you to give away all your tips because, you know, you're giving master classes on this thing. So I know you can't do it in just a few minutes. But yeah, how, how were you able to push through something like that? Um. I love that because imposter syndrome is something that still comes up to me frequently. And I think it's something that you just bring awareness around it. Like, oh, I'm having imposter syndrome right now, right? But um, because I've had it so many times in the past, I know kind of how to handle it now. Um, and it's almost like witnessing the imposter syndrome as if it's its own entity that's not even a part of you. Like almost taking the imposter syndrome, the fears, the beliefs, the... Um, yeah, if you're scared of an outcome or procrastination, whatever it is, whatever your imposter syndrome is, noticing it and really almost like taking it out of your mind and seeing it as its own physical entity and being like, okay, I see you, but I'm not going to let you kind of stop me, right? Because um, imposter syndrome, it, it comes to everyone, it comes to every single person. And it's like one of those things where it's like, it's just part of the process. And I, I believe that if you're facing imposter syndrome, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It means that you're on the right path. You're on the right path if you're having imposter syndrome, because that means you're stepping into something in a higher alignment for yourself, right? And the imposter syndrome is only coming through because of whatever beliefs that you've had of yourself in the past. So... I That's think an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. I love how you kind of frame that as well in terms of saying, like, looking at the imposter syndrome as its own entity separate of yourself, because now there's less judgment on, on yourself. You know, you're not beating yourself up over feeling this way. And also it makes it a little bit easier to isolate that and pick it up and move it out. You can, yeah, it's kind of take that step back and see it separate of your day to day. And then you can analyze how to, to move that out of your life and, and get more positive energy back in there. Absolutely. And I, I, I know at the end of the day, all of us, every single human on this planet, what we are in our, in our um, truest form is just pure love, right? And if we can just come back to that vibration of love and gratitude at the end of the day, um, then we're coming back to our truth. So anything like imposter syndrome, fear, scares, and all of these other um, lower vibrational thoughts and energies that are coming through really just coming back to yourself with compassion and being like, oh, you know, imposter syndrome's coming through right now for to protect me, maybe, but I love myself through this process anyway. And this is just part of the process to get to this higher timeline, to get to this higher version of myself and just seeing it, seeing it back to that, right? Taking it back to love and taking it back to compassion and um, 
and yeah, seeing imposter syndrome as just part of the process. Nice. And I know a lot of the work that you do is centered around women and, and uh, coming together as, as women together in your communities and your collective. Why that specific focus there? And, and you know, what are some of the benefits you've seen from really having that, that uh, extreme focus there? Yeah. Um, to me, it feels like women, we have been suppressed for so long from society and um, for so many reasons, right? We call it the witch wound. And um, the witch wound in the, in the sense of like, let's take it back to spirituality, right? Like back to women are so freaking powerful and we are so in tune. Like we are in tune with like our moon cycles are literally in cycle with the moon. Like it is like we are that powerful that we are like our bodies are moving with it frequencies and the energies of the moon like that's how powerful we are and um back to the days of when there were quote-unquote witches like they would burn us and murder us and then you know back like fast forward to today of like all the suppression that we've had you know um living in a patriarchal society and just like we've women have been um programmed to keep separate from each other Right. And there is something really, really powerful when women are together and gather together. It's like our magic goes by times 10. It's it's our our magic is so much more empowered when we are together. And there's so many teachings that we can have for each other and so many uh, opportunities to help lift each other up. It's just that our programming of society for so long has been to keep us separate um, maybe for the fear of how powerful we are when we are together, who knows? But um, I just believe that the more women can get together, the more magic there can be on this planet and in this universe. And we need to strip the programming that we need to keep separate, right? We need to we need to strip the programming of gossip and, um, yeah, bitch talking each other and all of these like really negative things that women sometimes tend to do to each other because like that's the way the patriarchy wanted it to be it's like well no why don't we rise together and we can only do that if we're together so that's why i focus on women and actually that sets up me to, to i want to you know learn too like what are some of the the wins like what are some of the the great things that have been happening for you all obviously you just you know started the uh, the collective getaway like you started that just in december so you know can you talk about some of the the wins for your companies for your freelance work and just anything that you're looking to celebrate yeah um so last year i had um well, last year I had about three sold out retreats and this year I'll, I'll probably just do one. I've been focusing a lot this year on just expanding my coaching business, which I'm really excited about. And I've been working with women one-on-one -on -one, and I absolutely love all of my clients. I feel like they're just all soulmate clients. And I don't know how people even find me, but it's like they pop up into my orbit and I'm like, oh, you're amazing. It's like, I just love all, each and every one of them. I'm so honored to like be part of their journey. And um, something I'm looking forward to in the near future is holding like more group mentorship things. Um, where I can hold space for maybe up to 10 people at a time and we can do like more of a, um, uh, like a standardized like three month program or something like that, where each week we can go through different, uh, healing modalities and the different really interesting sub subjects. Um, but yeah, I'm just really celebrating the expansion that I've been going through. I love the retreats. Um, I still like sound will always be my first love and, 
even if I'm expanding beyond sound baths, I, I mean, I'll, I love always going back to it. I have one happening tomorrow, actually. And um, yeah, just like, just celebrating all of the expansion. I'm really excited to see where the coaching stuff takes me. That's like, that's really what I started in December was um, the coaching stuff. So um, so far, it's been really successful. And I can't wait to see how much more success it brings me. Wonderful. Well, congratulations on all of that. And, you know, even just in this conversation, I think I learned like three new terms. Uh, and one of them, I, 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 I am going to follow up with you. I want to I want to see this calendar or this, uh, this map and just seeing where my astrology tells me or where I should be living. I, I love myself some New York, but at the same time, I'm looking for another home right now. So so you can help me out there. Yes, 100%. You have to know your um, exact birth time and place. But if you I have do. that, you're good to go. <laughs> And, and before we wrap up here as well, you know, I want to make sure that people know how to stay updated with the things that you're doing. Also, like how they can, you know, if you're a woman, be able to take part in these retreats, you know, uh, you know, stay up to date with the Kim Roach Collective um, or, you know, to use your uh, uh, advising services. So, um, yeah, let us know social media, website, all that fun stuff. Yes. So my um, social media is it's Kim Roach. So I-T-S-K-I-M-R-O-A-C-H, both on Instagram and TikTok. Um, my website is kimroachcollective.com. Um, and you can find pretty much everything on my website. So that, that'd be a really good way to, to get in touch with me. Thank you, Kim Roach, for joining us on Entrepreneur Struggle. And thank you for listening. You can go to our show notes to learn more about Kim's work. Thank you to my producer, Heather Johnson. And until next week, stay safe and stay healthy because the struggle is real.